2: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
0: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio.
3: Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome in. Super wild card weekend. Oh, the playoffs begin today. Can't wait for it. I mean, I can't do it like that. Like Bart Scott once said, can't wait. Can't wait. I, that's right. Look at Crisper Fed on the ones and twos right there, rearing to go. We are firing on all cylinders. Good morning, fellas. I got a simple question for you, okay? Which game of Super Wild Card Weekend are you most looking forward to me? If I put my Finns fandom to the side, obviously I'm looking at Finns up today. Valiant effort, hopefully in the freezing cold weather. And Casey, I'm going Rams- Lions, how do you not love the storyline of the trade from 2021 involving Stafford and Goff? This is the first playoff appearance at home since the 90s for for the Lions. I love that
4: storyline. How about you guys? Good morning again. Good morning. And yeah, I I think how could you not look at every single fan in Detroit as they nervously drum their fingers and then bite the fingernails on the other hand and just wait for this game because this could be history. This is history in the making for them. And then on the other side of that, you have Matthew Stafford and the homecoming, the place that raised him in the NFL before he left, went to college and won a Super Bowl. (laughs) It's like, it's it's a really, really cool story. But the one that I'm looking the most forward to is Houston hosting the Cleveland Browns. What a job Kevin Stefanski has done. Coach of the year stuff right there. What a job D'Amico Ryans has done. Coach of the year stuff right there. What a job Joe Flacco's done. Comeback player of the year stuff right there. What a job CJ Stroud's done. Offensive rookie of the year stuff right there. I mean, storylines everywhere you look in Houston and Cleveland, love that matchup. and And Flacco's done something that nobody saw coming. The Browns went from lovable loser to one of the most hated franchises – after bringing in Deshaun Watson and all of his baggage, and then the owner even made himself a villain amongst his own by signing him to this unprecedentedly large contract. Joe Flacco has changed the whole narrative with the Cleveland Browns. So it's just a very interesting time in Cleveland, and if they get on a little bit of a run here, it kind of feels like they've returned to lovable loser that
5: people will be able to get behind. I mean, let's be honest, guys. I think the script makers were in their bag with this weekend. I mean, it's it's every game. Every game has its own little narrative. And, uh, and, and Rich just went over the first game out of the shoot. Usually this is the AFC South Invitational, the Saturday first playoff game. It's always the AFC South team that gets this game. I, I, I think the entire day is going to have some drama to it. Um, the nightcap, the Swifties, right? They'll get paywalled with the uh, Chiefs game. That should be very interesting. The weather in that game will be very interesting, and we'll dive into how that um, frozen tundra there at Arrowhead is going to impact the game. But if you want to ask which games the NFL thinks are the most important games, I think – the two in the late window Sunday are kind of the the prime time, right? Those are the those are the prime slots um, for wild card weekend, the Sunday afternoon game, Packers and Cowboys, two historic franchises, um, you know, everything. I think all the pressure will be on the Cowboys and the Packers with this young gun team are just going to kind of ride into Jerry's world and see if they can't upset the apple cart there, one of the biggest dogs of the weekend. And then I, I agree. I think it's the the Sunday night game in terms of uh, just the, <laughs> the overall opportunity. The optics of that game continues to get better each week with what the Lions do. I mean, two weeks ago, um, you know, being able to win the division and then they come back and didn't have to play anyone last week. And they did. Um, And then all of a sudden, bing, bang, boom, someone gets hurt and we'll see if LaPorta plays tonight. And that'll have a big impact on the game. So I I think the Stafford stuff certainly is the headline. But every game kind of has its own little narrative uh, baked in this week.
3: Okay, so how about this? Uh, who has the most to gain slash lose in the playoffs? So let's start with the QBs, huh? I thought we would start big picture here in Super Wild Card Weekend. So if you look at all the quarterbacks involved here in the playoffs, we obviously have 14 of them. Which guy is at the top of your list in terms of the most to gain or lose? I'd throw a few out there like Dak Prescott. Think if he wins, what that would mean for his career, his reputation, If he loses, obviously, the Cowboys, we love when they're the pinata, you know, there'd be some (laughs) some brushback if they lose again. Josh Allen, I think, falls in that category as well. Look at Brock Purdy, right? If Brock Purdy wins, you think about legitimizing him uh, to a much greater degree. He's gotten it done in the regular season, but he hasn't yet gotten it done in the postseason. If they win it all, if the Niners win a ring, that's huge for Brock Purdy. I would actually go with Lamar Jackson at the top of my list because think of it this way. If he wins it, it's his first ring. That's huge. If he loses, he's going to win his second MVP. And if he loses, now all of a sudden his reputation is entrenched as this regular season guy and this postseason failure. I think there's a a big deal there. Like If Brock Purdy doesn't get it done – yeah, there are going to be some slings and arrows, but it's more of a shoulder shrug. Like, we're not expecting him to get it done. Same thing with Dak. If the Cowboys fall through, that's what the Cowboys do. If the Ravens has a one seed, again, wet themselves, and especially if they are one and done like they were against the Titans a few years ago, I think Lamar stands to lose a lot. So I would put Lamar at the top of my who has the most to gain slash lose
4: quarterback list. What do you guys think? If we're talking about just one win, uh, I want to answer both questions. Just one win in the postseason and winning the Super Bowl. If we're talking just one win, Baker Mayfield could use a playoff win Mm. because I think that is going to shift the way we look at Baker Mayfield. And Tampa Bay will probably make a long-term investment in him. And so we're talking about after being the first overall pick and then going through the meat grinder of the backup quarterback realm, he may return and bubble his way to the the top half of this league in terms of passers again and re-legitimize his career. Dak Prescott, though, I think this is, in terms of player, uh, this is a legacy-making opportunity for him. And I don't know how long this window is going to stay open for Dallas. This is the best team arguably they've had on both sides of the ball entering the playoffs since he's been the quarterback. This is probably the best shot he has uh, at getting to a Super Bowl through not a a weak NFC, but comparatively relatively weak compared to years in, in the past. And so he's got a path to get to the big game. Look at Matthew Stafford. Winning that Super Bowl with the Rams changed everything. He went from afterthought in Detroit to potential Hall of Famer. I think the same could be said for Dak Prescott if he gets a Super
5: Bowl win. See, I think this is where the point spread can help us, guys, right? Even if you're not betting the games, you could still use the point spread as a gauge for, hey, this this shouldn't have happened. Um, and it's the Cowboys, right? You're at home. Uh, you're facing a defense, and Joe Barry's. The coordinator and it's it's been a sieve all season. They gave up 30 points to the Panthers uh, a few weeks ago. If, if you're not scoring 30 in this game, um, that's a that's a red flag for Dallas, right? It's one of the highest totals of the weekend. Uh, Dallas, a touchdown favorite. If they don't put up a big number, maybe they lose the game because Jordan Love goes bananas and this you know young Packers roster just doesn't know any better and doesn't understand the stage that they're on and they go in guns a-blazing, and they pull off a big win. But I, I think if if, if Dak Prescott plays poorly, that is a massive red flag. I think you give a pass to Josh Allen because they're playing in, like, the Polar Express. I, I You know, this weekend, we're, we're not going to judge if he it doesn't have the best game because I, I don't even know what the vibe is going to be like in Buffalo tomorrow. Like, it's literally a snow globe. And unfortunately for uh, for Baker Mayfield, I agree, he could use a win, too, but... He's got, like, a broken rib and a banged-up ankle. Like, his entire body is banged up this week. I don't think he has a broken rib. But his, it's it's a bruised rib and a, and a, you know, bruised ankle. And he's, he's limping into this game, too. So, a, a lot of the quarterbacks, I think, are kind of – you give him a pass in a certain scenario – you don't give Dak a pass in this game. You're facing a bad defense. He should have success against you You're at home. There's no weather, um, and you're the two seed, right? Like this is this is your year. Uh, you know you should be in the NFC title game facing the Niners. Like that's the expectation for this Cowboys team. And anything short of that, and a bad performance by Dak this week, raises some big red flags.
3: Okay, head coaches, playoffs as a whole. Don't get in this uh, super wild card weekend. You know, shoebox, if you will. If you look at the entire playoffs here, which head coach has the most to gain or lose? I put Kyle Shanahan at the top of my list, right? Doesn't have a ring as a head coach. Number one seed. They are oozing with talent on that roster. And if they don't get it done there's going to be some some brushback because, oh, here we go again, right? Like they get it done in the regular season. They couldn't get it done with Jimmy G against the Chiefs. They always come up short. Granted, there might be more scrutiny on Purdy if they don't win it, but there's going to be scrutiny on Kyle Shanahan. And that, again, further cements his reputation of he wins a bunch of regular season games, can't get it done in the postseason. We all know what it would mean if he wins that ring. That legitimizes him. And that's like getting knighted, like in the NFL, <laughs> if you're able to win it Sir all. I put Shanahan. Shanahan up there at the top of the list for me.
4: Yeah, yeah, Sir Shanahan. I, uh, I, I'll, I'll stay in the NFC East for this one. I think the most consequential two teams, or I should say the two teams that are facing the most consequences at head coach, if they have an early bounce, are the Cowboys and Eagles. Nick Sirianni, I feel like, is in jeopardy of losing that job. And we've seen this with Laurie and Roseman. They're not afraid to move on from a successful head coach, uh, regardless of how long the tenure, uh, if they feel like it's time. And we've heard some rumors about the culture in Philadelphia. I don't know how much you could trust all that. We're not in the locker room, but so from a standpoint of how much to lose, Nick Sirianni could legitimately lose his job depending on the outcome on Monday night. Now you look at the Cowboys in terms of most to gain. Well, Mike McCarthy, we know how we know how Jerry Jones works. He rewards. People who have success in his system with enormous amounts of money and big long term contracts. He's done it with Dak, he's done it with all of his favorite stars on the roster. He's also done it with head coaches. So if McCarthy goes on a good long run here, if he gets the Cowboys to a Super Bowl, maybe if maybe if he doesn't even win it, if he just gets them there, gets them an opportunity to take a bite of the apple and there isn't a disaster on his hands in any of these meetings, you know, they play each team close or blow him out uh, even even in a close loss getting to the final matchup I feel like I feel like Mike McCarthy could sign a long-term
5: extension and solidify himself in Dallas yeah this is a tougher one because I think um, I mean we based based on our group chat we've already fired Nick Sirianni like he's already gone we're already replacing him with Bill Belichick there's our <laughs> peak behind the curtain and what we've been talking about in our group chat all week Um And I think that's fair. I don't know what the vibe is in Philly. Here's what I do know. The brains definitely left town. Um, And it's obvious that Gannon and Steichen being the OCDC, like you don't know how much impact losing both coordinators really has because you don't know how much head coach, you know, influence there is with a lot of this stuff. Well, now we know um, probably a lot. And, it, especially Steichen on the offensive side, I, I really think um, I, I really think the offense has looked a lot different this year. The defense has been dealing with a lot of injuries. I guess the offense dealing with injuries now too. But um, both sides of the ball, frankly, look bad. So yeah, Sirianni makes sense. And, and yeah, obviously the Cowboys. I mean, guys, let's be honest. If I had to pick one team out of a lineup this week where the coach is literally fired the moment the game ends if they lose, I, I think it's Dallas just because of the the, the stage that they're going to be on and, and the opponent that they're facing, how much they're favored by. Um, unlike Philly, there's not a lot of injury issues for Dallas right now. It's pretty much full strength. And if they can't go out and beat a Packers team that – I know they came on strong down the stretch, and I love the Jordan Love stuff. He's been fantastic. The numbers are off the charts, but it's his first playoff start on the road against a really good defensive line. Like I would be surprised if, if everything goes smoothly for Green Bay um, in that game. So I, I think it's Dallas has hands down the most to lose this weekend, and I could absolutely see there being a change, especially with all the other coaches that are now floating in the ecosystem um, with, uh, if, if the Cowboys go down this weekend. Hey, BetMGM has all the
3: action for every sports fan. Whether you love to wager on game-winning touchdowns, home runs, buzzer beaters, or overtime goals, there's never been a better time to sign up. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through the BetMGM app of at least $5, and you'll receive $158 instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's outcome. That's right. Once you have placed a $5 bet... You'll receive $158 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your wager. Download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com and use code COUNTDOWN. All right, we are off and running. We've got Rich Orenberger, Penn State All-American, Justin Fields' defender. We've oh, got no.
5: uh, Jared ready with Smith. That. We're starting. i are not even playing it. I mean, he, even was, playing he was
3: tremendous game. in week 18. I stand corrected. I was uh, outstanding with no touchdowns. Living
4: in the past, Brian.
3: Living in the past. Uh, <laughs> that is incorrect. That is the off-season chatter du jour right there. We've are. We got Jared Smith, FSR betting analyst. I'm Brian, though. Coming up next, goodness, the coaching changes that we have seen take place this week. We need another nine hours to dissect all this stuff. We will do our best to get to as many as the, of the huge headlines right around the corner, including a couple guys named uh, Belichick and Sabin, Right. That's on the way. It is Fox Sports Radio's countdown to kickoff presented by BetMGM.
6: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
1: Hey, we're Covino and Rich. Fox Sports Radio every
3: day, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern. But here's the thing. We never have enough time to get to everything we want to get to. And that's why we have a brand new podcast called Over Promised. You see, we're having so much fun in our two-hour show, we never get to everything. Honestly, because this guy oh, is me. overpromising things we never have time for. Yeah, you blubber lips. Blaming me. Well, you know what? It's called Over You should be good at it because you been overpromising women for years. Well, it's a Cavino and Rich after show and we want you to be a part of it. We're gonna be talking sports of course, but we're also gonna talk life and relationships. And if Rich and I are arguing about something or we didn't have enough time,
7: it will continue on our after show called Overpromised. Well if you don't get enough Cavino and Rich, make sure you check out promise and also uncensored by the way so maybe we'll go at it even a little harder it's going to be the best after show podcast of all time there you go overpromising perfect.
3: and remember you could see it on youtube but definitely join us listen to overpromised with cavino and rich on the iheart radio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
0: there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip i'd like to check into the centurion lounge
6: You're my favorite icon.
2: Aw, Joseph.
6: Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Thurda Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is Fox Sports
3: Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Earn a $100 bonus by signing into BetMGM and clicking on Refer a Friend to Invite a Friend, and in just a few simple steps, both you and your friend will receive a $100 bonus. BetMGM is offering some of the best odds in the market. On touchdown props this season, BetMGM, the king of books, the king of parlays. Okay, so coaching changes. Wow. <laughs> this was crazy stuff throughout the entire week. Headlined by, I would say, Nick Saban choosing to retire. It's not small potatoes that Bill Belichick is out in New England, but that wasn't nearly the surprise that, Nick Saban walking away was I like, did you think when Jalen Milrow got stuffed on that final play against Michigan in overtime? Well, that's probably Nick Saban's final game ever. I didn't think that at all. I, I don't think many people did. But after six championships at Alabama, Nick Saban walks away, and some of these numbers are just insane. His record at Bama: two hundred one and twenty nine. Six championships. He won double-digit games in every one of his seasons except the very first one. Think about that. 16 straight seasons winning at least 10 games. I love this one. He finished in the top 10 in each of his final 16 seasons at Alabama. In the previous 12 seasons before Nick Saban arrived, Alabama finished in the AP top 10 one time. Yeah. Wow that's insane what he was able to accomplish
4: an incredible culture builder and also a run of success that's almost unprecedented i mean there there is precedent for it because we've seen it before it's just rare that it happens and if you think around college football how often we're seeing especially at the major division one level how often we're seeing coaches changes now Having that sort of staying power is ridiculous. How many coaches came and went during that 17-year tenure as head coach of the Crimson Tide? Countless. So I agree with you. That was the most surprising of the announcements. Belichick, there was a tremendous amount of writing on the wall. We know the NFL is very finicky. It's what have you done for me lately, and unfortunately for Bill Belichick, the Patriots haven't been Uh, to the standard he created for those fans and for that ownership group and same with Pete Carroll uh, Seattle Seahawks moving on from Russell Wilson the legion of boom uh, the, the the boom is just an echo at this point it's it's a long time since that Super Bowl win so it it felt like that was coming eventually but nick saban even even at a ripe old age in terms of coaching because i don't know how many more tomorrows he has walking the sidelines because everybody retires eventually or everybody gets fired i guess eventually so we knew that day would come but i agree with you that final snap against the wolverines in ot i had no clue that was going to be the last time we saw him uh on the sideline with the whistle around his neck
5: yeah I, I I agree um they're all kind of the same age so you know they're, they're, the writing was on the wall for all three guys I'll put Pete Carroll's name in, in in this category too because frankly I thought that was the bigger of the two surprises in the NFL you guys remember when you go in the the doctor's office when you were young and you see you know the the pictures on the wall of like how much does this hurt and it's like you know eh, just a little bit and then oh a little bit and then oh yeah like oh the the, the really you know the, the 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 ten at the top where you're like whoa um, yeah, that was when I got the notification on my phone that that Saban retired. Like that was that was a ten in the in the in the pain category of surprise. Um, Carroll was like a five or a six, and Belichick was like a nothing burger because we all knew it was coming. It was just more the manner in which he did it. I thought was was intriguing. Um, I, I think with Saban, I, you know, it's funny. I was watching the video of him and Kirby Smart before the SEC championship game. Kirby knew. Kirby has a terrible poker face. Hmm. Um, it, the way he was talking to him, he was kind of like, you could see it in his eyes. Like, Kirby knew and he couldn't say anything because there were so many cameras on the field and he just didn't want to tip his hand, but he kind of did. Um, and then if you watch some of the mannerisms that Sabin, you know, carried himself at the end of the regular season, his last game in Tuscaloosa, of course, on the sidelines in the SEC championship game, I didn't notice it as much during the college football playoff, but... The writing was kind of on the wall there. You just—it was kind of hiding in plain sight. None of us expected it, and that's why it was a surprise. But um, yeah, I mean, the greatest coach in, in college football history, maybe. I know I'm recency biased because i am am a young kid. I don't remember the Bear Bryant's and you know on the back end of Paterno. And it just—I, man, different world in college football this week uh, after after those news after that news took place. Well, it's—it's uh, it's a little bit of a.
3: A different deal. What goes up must come down. You know, yeah. who goes out, someone must come in, right? With all these coaching changes, it's not just about Sabin and Belichick leaving. We already have answers who's coming in. We'll get to that right around the corner. But you want answers. You have come to the right place, okay? Isaac Lohengren. He has, you know those guys that open up their jacket and they've got all the fake watches and all the fake <laughs> necklaces? Isaac Lohenklund just opens it up and it's just, it's
7: knowledge and information. Right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's there not a go. trench coat, it's a jacket. Let's kind <laughs> of be clear about Yeah, that. yeah well. <laughs> what do you mean, well, anyway. Eddie? Well, I don't know, I mean, I mean get... <laughs> Yes, we do have uh, information inside the jacket this morning, fellas, from the NFL coaching carousel because NFL media reported this morning that it's believed the Los Angeles Chargers will speak with Jim Harbaugh next week while Raiders All-Pro pass rusher Max Crosby, meanwhile, will explore a trade request if the Raiders do not hire Antonio Pierce as their full-time head coach. ESPN reports Pierce has emerged as the Raiders' leading candidate. The playoffs kick off at 4.30 Eastern with a pair of AFC games. First up, four-seed Houston hosts five-seed Cleveland. Then tonight at 8.10 Eastern from Arrowhead, three-seed Kansas City takes on six-seed Miami. Finally, on Sunday, the Green Bay Packers will visit the Dallas Cowboys, but yesterday, a Packers fan named Lucy Kurowski was leaving an appointment In De Pere, Wisconsin, when her car got stuck in a snowdrift, a Good Samaritan approached her to offer to help, and the Good Samaritan turned out to be none other than Packers quarterback Jordan Love. Karauski described what happened to WLUK television.
2: He offered to push my car, which we tried. I reversed, he pushed, and then after the first try, we were like, This is not a good idea. You have a game on Sunday. (laughs) So we're like, it's okay. I have people coming to help me anyways. So then I got a picture, I said have a great weekend and good luck. I'll be rooting for you. And he went on his merry way. It was so cool. It was so random. You know, it's the middle of the blizzard. I, last thing I was expecting was my star quarterback of my favorite team ever to come try and help me. It, was, it made my day.
7: So Jordan Love, a good Samaritan, but Lucy Kurowski perhaps making a big play because could you have imagined the headline Packers quarterback injured while oh helping someone God. out of oh, a
5: gracious second Quarter would never been able to stay in Green Bay. My goodness. Yeah,
3: it uh, it is Fox Sports Radio's countdown to kickoff presented by BetMGM. That's great of Jordan Love. That's an awesome story. My question is, who's going to push Jordan Love against the, the Cowboys? Because he's going to need a boost. He's going to need a boost. Against, what do you
5: mean uh, he's going to need a boost?
3: Better team who's been a juggernaut at home. Hasn't lost at home since like uh, 2022 in week one. Facing a
5: tough team, but let's be honest, the Jordan Love numbers down the stretch, Brian, have been unbelievable. Oh, it's uh, staggering what he's been able to do. It's absolutely Unbelievable. I right sense now.
3: a lot of sarcasm there, my friend.
5: Yeah, yeah. You're you <laughs> still feel a little bitter about that under Packers uh, win total loss? Oh,
3: crazy. <laughs> you haven't forgotten about that. I thought that would uh, you would lose uh, sight of that. Uh, right. Shocking. I was wrong. Hey, shortly after the show, our podcast will be going on up. If you miss anything on today's show, be sure to check it out. Just search Fox Sports Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow, rate, and review it. Again, just search Fox Sports Radio wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll see this show posted right after we get off the air. I mean, we'll get to uh, the uh, cheeseheads here in a bit. And, uh, and to be clear, Jordan Love did have a, a very good season uh, statistically, no doubt about that. 32 touchdown passes, number two in the NFL. That's pretty crazy. How about Dak and Jordan Love, 1-2 yep, on the yeah. same field on Sunday? That's pretty insane. I think it's the but- first
5: time that's happened.
3: That Packers defense is Swiss cheese. Oh, they are going to get diced up something nasty tomorrow. But we'll get to that. How about these coaching changes where – so Saban is out. Kalen DeBoer, the -hmm. Washington head coach, former Washington head coach, is in. I love this because I read all this stuff, and two things stood out. When Nick Saban walked away, Alabama was like, yeah, give us three days. We should figure out who – who the new guy is in a couple of days, and they were right. And the other thing was with Kalen DeBoer, there was a little blurb that said he loves it at Washington and his daughter will be a freshman on the Huskies softball team next year. Oh, and it's no. like, oh, wow, well, maybe he'll – nope, roll tide, baby. was <laughs> over there, over there to, to take over for Nick Saban. And we mentioned Bill Belichick, Gerard Mayo former Patriots linebacker, he takes over in uh, what D'Amico Ryans-like fashion, right? You think of Ryans with the Texans linebacker there? He's the head coach. So Gerard Mayo uh, there in New England, and like Ilo said, Jim Harbaugh, flirty, flirty, he's going to sit down (laughs) with the Chargers this next week, and I do not expect him back in Ann Arbor.
4: Um, so really quick, back, backtracking to the Saban-DeBoer situation, that wasn't the only movement that occurred at the head coaching position in the – in the you know, I should say in college football because Jimmy Sexton, who is the agent of Nick Sabin and Kalen DeBoer, is also the agent for Dan Lanning, Mike Norvell, and Steve Sarkeesian – who all got more money as a result of the leverage created by the void in Alabama.
5: So – C- congratulations
4: really? to Jimmy Sexton. Yeah.
5: <laughs> like, is that really how I, I didn't, I wasn't not aware of the dynamics behind the scenes. Cause I know all those guys were kind of in the mix for the Bama job. I thought it was all intriguing. They all kind of put out their own little hype video that they were staying. Oh yeah. Which is kind of <laughs> the new thing that coaches do now. I didn't know coaches do that. Well, well yeah. Yeah. Now,
4: <laughs> now It's now, like now. the
3: recruiting thing. with Yeah. The right? hats. Like,
5: I'm staying. At I Florida know. And it's, yeah. it's kind of like the opposite of what we normally get. <laughs> it, it, it really <laughs> is. Weird. And
4: it's because I, imagine these university presidents and athletic directors they're they're encouraging these coaches to put something out to make sure that they don't lose recruits because all it takes is one rumor and uh and all of a sudden you could lose a five star and uh so yeah i think that's a big part of it but getting back to the nfl yeah quickly replacing the greatest coach who's ever coached football bill belichick Gerard Mayo, who's my age, he's 37 years old. He's a wow. form, former teammate of mine. Uh, I played with him for three years. He was a second-year player when I was drafted to New England in 2009. He was lured to the New England staff by Bill Belichick. And as it turns out, he apparently signed a uh, successor-in-waiting style contract that had been already granted approval by the NFL that they had to that they had already appeased the Rooney rule and they could fast track him into the seat as soon as Bill stepped down and that's exactly how it went down so i would argue and i may m- be mistaken but this is the quickest hire Has after after a retirement or a firing in NFL history and Gerard Mayo look i mean he's replacing greatness and so just like cam newton in new england and just like mac jones as the two starting quarterbacks since tom brady how do you replace the greatest to ever do it i don't know but we'll we'll see like you said damika ryan's figured out something special in houston really quick but involved cj Stroud, who's another worldly talent new england needs a quarterback hmm
5: Yeah, the difference with the quarterback situation is Cam Newton wasn't named the successor the day that Brady retired. Right. Like the secession plan, right? Maybe we we should have gone the final, final season of secession was really the Patriots signing this contract with Gerard Mayo because behind the scenes, I would have loved to see the dynamic. I I know I'm young, but in my memory, I, I have not recalled a time where, especially in a situation like New England, where the successor was right there waiting the whole time, like hiding in plain sight. Like, did Bill know about this guy? I'm assuming he did. Um, and it was the greatest kept secret uh, in in the NFL media world because I didn't hear about this until it happened. So just a unique situation. All of these coaching situations are, are unique in their own way. The Bama thing, I mean, De DeBoer is just like a winner. Like, it's just it, 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 re- replacing him. And if, if, if Alabama rises to the level that DeBoer has brought to other schools, and it's hard to raise the bar at Alabama, but DeBoer, everywhere he's gone, has raised the bar. And if he does that again at Alabama, I mean, you know, try to wrap your mind, galaxy brain your mind around Bama improving, Getting better—that um, just to me is 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 a scary notion. Um, and with the Belichick stuff, yeah, it really is the most seamless transition in NFL history from one coach to another. I mean, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, it might be a disaster, and I think if they don't get a quarterback, it will be. But it's just—it's wild how these teams just kind of bake their narratives in already before the uh, before the story even breaks. And you credit the Patriots for keeping it all buttoned up.
3: Yeah, two things. It is pretty crazy that news that huge stayed under wraps. And it's a credit to those organizations like the Patriots, those programs like Alabama, where there are so many people that. You know, they'll just be fall victim to, I got a secret to tell. And they tell one guy who tells this other guy, and boom, it's made news. I'm surprised we didn't get a huge whiff of that before the Alabama-Michigan game. So credit to those guys being so buttoned up. And, um, man, and that's the other thing. If you think about Gerard Mayo real fast, think about this. You're filling in for a legend. Bill Belichick, six Super Bowl wins with the Patriots. And he has sucked these last few years. (laughs) Think about that. So you're taking over for a legendary head coach who hasn't gotten it done at all the last couple of seasons, and that's going to be a distant memory. You're going to be compared to this Patriot standard and these high expectations. Meanwhile, arguably the greatest head coach of all time in the NFL, they won, what, four games this past year or whatever it was? Like, So you've got to fast-track this thing to success from where you currently are. That is going to be a mammoth task right there for Mayo.
4: Yeah, and he's going to be inexorably linked to everything that happened in, in New England because he played there from 2008 through 2015. I mean, he was uh, uh, defensive rookie of the year with New England. He was, in fact, I remember during our time together in New England, we called him Little Belichick. He hated the nickname. (laughs) No, yeah, yeah, he absolutely hated the nickname, but we called him Little Belichick because he was a mad scientist, just like Bill. He, he wow, he was quick at diagnosing things, and this is while he's young. Like, we're talking about a 23-, 24-year-old kid. That's an awesome story. Who's pretty fresh out of Tennessee. And, yeah, he was he was sensational in terms of his football IQ. He just, he just understood the game, and he could play at such a faster level than a lot of defenders because he could get to the play quicker because he understood where the offense wanted to go with the football. And so – Don't get me wrong. Like, he's one of those guys when I was playing with him, I knew he was going to become a coach. You don't think before you're 40 you're going to (laughs) become the head coach of – A franchise that has won six recent Super Bowls and has been dominating the league for 20 years. But that's where he cut his teeth, and he really never left the nest. And so he gets his shot at taking this program over and potentially continuing that success. I mean, think about the Boar.
5: Like, 15 years ago, he was at the NAIA, Sioux Falls. Like, now he's at Alabama. Like, just insane how you know meteoric rises these guys had. That's a great story on Mayo though.
3: It's it's uh, too Little bad you didn't deck. have the BetMGM app back then, Rich. For <laughs> yeah. The you next, could... uh,
5: Patriots head coach just <laughs>
3: bloop, you know. Yeah. I'm sure. You're outside. Well, that would have been a football wager. You would add your had to have your. You cousin. had to do it when you got yeah, home. on yeah. campus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, we got Rich Ornberger, Penn State All American, NFL veteran. Uh, we've got uh, Jared Smith, FSR betting analyst. I'm Brian No, Coming up next, do we have time to shoehorn some Justin Fields talk in here? No, we don't. <laughs> we have time for the parlay platter. That is on the way, and I have heard a rumor. There's a theme, and there are some mammoth odds. Big payout if this one hits. Jared will share it with you right around the corner. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. It is Fox Sports Radio's countdown to kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for things like free bets and risk-free tokens. They can also be converted to MGM rewards points that can be used towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts, and customers will have the chance to win a big-game Las Vegas experience. Prizes include a three-night stay during Super Bowl weekend at a select MGM property along with other prizes like entry to the BetMGM party and food and beverage credits. All right, let's do this. Check this out.
6: Parlay platter.
3: Okay, Chef Smith. Jared Smith with the uh, parlay platter. He's been cooking it up. He's been dicing it. He's trying to shoehorn Jordan Love and Romeo Dobbs
5: props into this thing, I've heard. What do you have for us, Jared. No Jordan Love props, although I, I I am intrigued in the total in that game. We'll get to that game in a little bit. I actually don't have the Packers game here. Um, these are all from today and tomorrow. Just one little nugget for you tomorrow, but the bulk of these picks are uh, uh, today's games. And it is a prop-themed parlay platter. So this is I'm taking a page out of your book, Brian. I, I saw some good uh, props that I liked, and I figured, hey, let's throw them together into a little souffle here and see what we got. Um, David Njoku is going to score a touchdown today. That's priced at plus 175 at that MGM. Um, I, I, he's the matchup in this game. And I know Amari Cooper had the big game the last time these two teams played. And actually, Njoku had kind of a, an average game. But I think that flips this time. Because I think if there's one thing the Texans can't do today, is you can't let Amari Cooper have 250 yards receiving. So I think that benefits David Njoku. I think he has a big game. And I think he finds the end zone. Isaiah Pacheco to get 100 or more rushing yards. That is plus 350 at FedMGM. You can bet on that on its own, and it's a pretty nice payout. Again, he's gone for 100-plus in two of the last three games, didn't play last week. Of course, they rested their starters last week. And the Dolphins, and Brian, I know you're not excited about this because the linebacking court for Miami is so banged up. Bruce, Irvin, Melvin, Ingram, Justin, Houston. I mean, this isn't the 2005 playoffs. This is the 2024 playoffs, and these are all mid to high 30s guys that are going to have to play and play well in this game if Miami wants to win because of all the injuries for the Dolphins on the uh, in the defensive side of the ball. So I think the Chiefs are going to run it a lot. Cold-weather game. They're going to run the football, and I think Pacheco has a really good game. And finally, this is a random one tomorrow. Donovan Peoples-Jones, over 6.5 receiving yards. Basically one catch. No Khalif Raymond. People's Jones will be the punt returner, and if you look at the the vibes that People's Jones been giving off the last couple weeks, he's part of the offense. He's like the number four receiver in this offense. He had two receptions for 25 yards in the Vikings game last week, and I think he's going to get a couple looks. Laporta might be out. Maybe you go a little more four wide receiver set or 13 or excuse me a 31 personnel there with three wide receivers. So I think this will be an interesting spot for People's Jones. So Njoku to score, Pacheco 100 yards, People's Jones over six and a half receiving yards. 21 to 1 at wow. right, MGM.
3: I, think, I was just guys? thinking, I'm like, imagine you hit on the first two I know, today
6: I know. and you're
4: like, throw it
6: to people's Jones, man.
4: Uh, I mean, but it's a, it's it's the safest pick in my opinion on very this safe. slip. It feels very safe. And then Njoku, love that. Uh, Flacco's favorite target. And really, if you look at the Houston Texans, they give up a lot of passing yards. They don't give up a lot of points, which means they give up a lot to the tight ends. Uh, mm. I love that pick, too. What's the what payout on Michigan that football, again, right? Jared? What's the payout? 21
3: to 1. Woo. 21 to 1. Woo! But you're back. You're back. at us go, big, baby. I <laughs> All right, coming up next... The Elements, a huge factor in the playoffs today. Oh, what is going on? Super wild card weekend. It begins today. And your nightcap on p as I call it. <laughs> so garbage. They're making you pay to watch this. It's, it's I trash. love that. It's that was so the bad. best thing you've done maybe
5: in the year and a half we worked well, together. Thank you. I appreciate that.
3: <laughs> Dolphins against the Chiefs. A pair of 11-6 and teams, Chiefs favored by four and a half. It is going to be super cold, right? Super wild card weekend, going to be super cold tonight. And you alluded to this, Jared, the rash of Dolphins injuries. My Lord, when you have to sign this week, Justin Houston and Bruce Irvin, because all your pass rushers are out. For the most part, like your top guys, there's no Bradley Chubb, there's no Jalen uh, uh, Jalen Phillips, there's no uh, Andrew Van Ginkle. Like all these guys are out, it's insane. And so you get Justin Houston and Bruce Irvin in Aqua and Orange and see what you can do against the Chiefs. But listen, the ground game is going to be very, very important on both sides here. And uh, I think you're right. I think Pacheco is going to have a really good game for the Chiefs, Jared. But also, in aqua and orange, Mostert, Achan, if they can move it, and they moved it well in the second half on the ground against the Chiefs that game in Germany, you got a fighting chance. But, uh, man... Uh, in the elements against that chief's defense this is going to be tough sledding for the fins the
4: the level of nerves that i'm hearing coming through the microphone <laughs> as he talks about you know some of the, the the offensive viability that the dolphins have with all of the uh with all of the the injuries that they've suffered especially the tail end of this this season it's uh it was a rough go for the dolphins there but I will say this about any team that gets into the playoffs, whether they sneak in or they've dominated the field throughout the course of the season. The Dolphins deserve to be there. And the Dolphins are dangerous. And the Dolphins are like a heavyweight fighter, right? Uh, It doesn't matter who gets in the ring. You give them a puncher's chance because if you connect, man, Tyreek Hill, you just mentioned A-chan, they've got some devastating skill position players who if they're in the open field if if mcdaniel can draw up something twice three times to get somebody a home run touchdown like we've seen throughout the season he could play he could blow this game open and as long as the wind isn't a huge factor because Tua doesn't have the strongest arm that that's really going to be a key for this Dolphins offense in terms of the passing game, Mahomes. I mean, he could whip it. That guy's got a rocket for an arm, but as long as it's not too windy, this could be a really sneaky, good matchup in Arrowhead. Yeah. I,
5: do you want the good news or the bad news first, Brian? For the, good for your beloved Dolphins. Definitely. the, the good, good. news. <laughs> All, okay. Oh,
3: by the way, Cameron good. He's
5: out for the season yes, as well. Yes, oh, that, there, that, yeah. that was not, that was not meant to be a double <laughs> entendre there. Um, so I think the narrative to me that I'm hearing a lot this week that Tua can't play in the cold and the cold this and the cold weather. And I get it. Both teams have to play in the cold. One. Two, all of the games that Tua and the Dolphins have lost in cold weather over the years, how many of those games had Mike McDaniel as the head coach? I, 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 the answer is zero. Um, and especially last year, the cold game in Buffalo with Skylar Thompson, they almost won that game. Right. There you It go. was a close game. Like so it. I, I just I, I think that's being overbaked here into the into the into the dip. Um, this whole cold, this Miami, cold, a warm weather team. Like, yes, it's cold. We know both teams have to play in it. All right, the bad news now. Uh-oh. It's, it's been, I, I I don't know what we're going to get from this this Dolphins defense, and and that's what scares me here. Now, you get the injuries, and you get the fact that I do think the Chiefs are going to run it successfully. But there's a flip side to this. Since week eight, the Chiefs are like a bottom 10 offense. And Matt Nagy's been terrible at making adjustments. They're the third lowest scoring team in the second half this year. So you could also make the argument that this isn't the week where the defensive deficiencies that the Dolphins have, which are staggering, are going to play as big of a factor as, let's say, this game was played in a perfect environment and and Mahomes and the Chiefs were humming on offense. Like Those two things aren't the case. The cold is kind of your great equalizer here. It kind of gives you a fighting chance to where if you can run the ball, and I do think the Dolphins can run the ball. The Chiefs, dead last in run-stop win rate. They're bottom five in most rushing efficiency categories on defense. If that's the game plan for the Dolphins, and it should be, keep to it clean. The numbers when he's he's under pressure, he drops off a cliff. Keep him clean, quick throws, run the ball. Mostert. A-Shane, hey run the ball. You got Hunt back last week, the right guard. I think the offensive line's healthy. If they run the ball, I think they've got a fighter's chance to win this game. But, man, defensively, I just don't know how you're getting stops. And that's going to be the tough task early in this game. Stay in it early and then try to keep that running game active because if bad game script happens and you can't run it, well, then things get really dicey.
3: Yeah, and that's where I wonder how much the weather impacts both yeah. offenses. Right? Um but when you've got a good ground game and the Dolphins do, maybe the, the weather impacting the offense isn't the worst thing ever because Jalen Waddell is still gimpy with that ankle injury. You know, if you slow down that Chiefs uh, attack, you know, I, I, I don't know. It, it sounds crazy, but it might actually not be a, a, a horrible thing for the Dolphins. But, man, you know, this is something else that I think is sneakily good Vegas, right? Now, normally we look at home teams, home field advantages. If you don't go with three right now, you go two and a half, you know? At the Chiefs, yeah. yeah, the Chiefs opened as three and a half point favorites, right? They're at home. So if you say, let's just say a two and a half, go with that as the standard. That's what your home field advantage is worth in the NFL. So if it's standard two and a half, they're favored by three and a half to begin. Vegas is telling you, eh, we'll give them a point against a ravaged-by-injury Dolphins team that doesn't have great momentum, that's just coming off a heartbreaker against the Bills. When Vegas says, yeah, we'll give you a point, that, to me, is telling. And I hope it unfolds that way. But when we're just in this, oh, you know, fade the fins, it's Mahomes, it's Andy Reid, it's that defense, a lot of reasons to love the Chiefs. But Vegas says, yeah, yeah, I like them, I guess. Right. Like that to me is pretty telling.
4: One of the most dangerous things about the Chiefs that I don't think anybody has really focused on all season long because of the woes of the offense is how talented and great this defense has been playing, especially down the stretch. No team has scored more than 20 points on them uh, during the last five games of their regular season when the Dolphins face them earlier in the season they only scored 21 points on them uh it was uh, or excuse me only 14 points on them the chiefs won 21 14 and so you you look at the offense and there are problems uh kansas city has not looked right all season McCole hardman can't track the football in the air it, it's just been a problem since he's been in the league uh marquez valdez scantling he short arms a lot of passes for a six foot three receiver he's a body catcher and so his catch radius is is a struggle and you've seen that affect their ability to go deep downfield because he's got real top end speed and even travis kelsey has had a wildly unproductive year compared to the expectation he's built up for himself as an all-pro tight end so you look at the offense and you say ah struggles everywhere you look But you look at this defense and you say, this is the smoothest sailing it's ever been for KC. If they had anything resembling the offense they had last year, they would be the toast of the NFL. Everyone would be saying, back-to-back Super Bowl champs, Mahomes is going to win his next Super Bowl MVP next. We'll see you in 2024 because that's how real this defense is. And I'm very curious, especially with the elements, you add that into the conversation with the Dolphins, especially with the injuries, and especially with the momentum this Chiefs defense is playing with,
5: I think this is going to be a tall task to play this game on the road in the postseason for the Dolphins. Yeah, the Chiefs' defense fantastic against the pass. The numbers against the run haven't been great. They're, they're, their their right. weakness is the linebacking core, and Chris Jones, who is probably the best interior line, one of the best interior linemen in the league, more of a pass rusher than a run defender. But at this time of year, he kind of does revert back to his game. Brian, I'm glad you mentioned the number. The number matters, right? As much as the handicap matters, the matchups matter, the price matters, right? You, could be, you can have the best meal on the planet if you're spending $1,000 for it. It might not taste as good um, than if you're spending $20 for it. This meal is getting a little pricey for the Chiefs, right? I think if you remove all of the narratives from this game, you put the game in a bubble you put some key defenders back on the Dolphins' defense, and you play this game on a neutral. Oh, wait, we already did that, like, two months ago. <laughs> yeah, the Dolphins were like a pick in that game. And now you're out to five? Like, it's just, it's getting really pricey. Because even if you give the Chiefs a point, point and a half for home field, most of the sharpest professional gamblers that I talk to here in Vegas still make the Dolphins like a pick Or even maybe a slight favorite. But now you start to add the injuries and the cold weather and Arrowhead Stadium, and now we're out to five. Like, it's just, it's getting a little bit pricey to bet Kansas City here in this spot. Do I like the Chiefs in this game? Do they probably win? Yes. Am I willing to lay five points? Absolutely not. I I think, if anything, you try to move the Dolphins up, right? Maybe put them in a 10-point teaser, get it up to 14, 15. I did that earlier in the week. I think under is is a good bet here. First half under as teams try to adjust to the conditions, and we do think it's going to be a running game. But you're betting under in a game with Patrick Mahomes and Tua and Tyree Hill, and and it, it, you know the lightning strike could happen at any moment. So I, I think from a betting perspective, this game's become a little bit tricky because of the price. But Chiefs in the under is certainly the lean here for me.
3: Yeah, hey, I I get why you would lean that way. Mm. I think that again, it goes back to the weather because I think the Dolphins are a prime candidate to be in effort mode, oh, but I yeah. don't know if the weather will allow them to fully engage effort mode. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, yeah, they had the division, it slipped away. You know, they're all banged up. They they just signed Justin Houston and Bruce Irvin. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, screw it. Let's go out there and just let it all hang out. I don't know if the elements are going to let him do
5: that. You got the right coach for that mindset, though. Oh, yeah. Right. I I love the coach. I think the coach is a rock star. I wish every coach would be like him. Yeah, uh, but that's what I'm looking
3: at, man, is uh, I think they might have that mentality, but I wonder if the elements are going to get right in their way uh, of fully embracing that. Hey, from live betting to player props. BetMGM has a variety of betting options at your fingertips. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through the BetMGM app of at least $5, and you'll receive $158 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. That's right. Once you've placed a $5 bet, you'll receive a $158 bonus bet regardless of of the outcome of the wager that's beautiful download the betmgm app today or visit betmgm.com and use code countdown all right we've got rich Ornberger penn state all-american we have got jared smith fsr betting analyst i'm brian no coming up next our main man seamus mcgee huh team lead of sports trading at betmgm we'll talk some super wild card weekend stuff and then he might throw in, like, Furman in college he owes basketball. Us one oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> the,
5: the Mastodons last week.
3: <laughs> I know he's been studying. Yeah. I know he wants to make amends. Chopping we'll get to bit. Sheamus right around the corner. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! Coming!
1: Terms and conditions apply.
2: Juan Gabriel, Juan Gis. Selena, Selena, Celia Cruz, Azucar, Carol G, La Bichota, Christina Aguilera, Ex Tina, just to name a few. We're serving
6: the whole story,
2: from rags to riches,
6: and all the tea in between.
2: I'm Liliana Vasquez,
6: and I'm Joseph Carri.
2: and we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season Two.
6: You're my favorite icon.
0: Aw,
2: Joseph.
6: Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Thurtle Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. For example, if you're in the DMV area, no need to worry about making separate accounts for D.C., Maryland, and Virginia when crossing state borders, simply just log into your existing account instead of creating a new one. Be sure to follow BetMGM across all socials at BetMGM. All right, let's do this. Follow the money, real good money. I'd like to welcome in Seamus McGee, team lead of sports trading at BetMGM. Happy Super Wild Card Weekend to you, my friend. Which team, Seamus, do you need the most from in these uh, these six games that? Begin today. Who do you need the most?
6: Hey guys. It's great to be back. Um really it's looking like today. Uh, we're gonna need the Texans pretty bad and we're gonna need the Dolphins right now. A lot of money coming in on the Chiefs and the Cleveland Browns.
5: Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I need the I need the Browns today though, so I'm gonna be rooting against Sheamus, <laughs> but that's okay. Um let's get to tomorrow's games because I, I think the it, it's it must have been it, it's probably been a difficult week trying to book this uh, Steelers Bills game. Of course, not only the weather—we saw the total drop like a rock—but then all of a sudden on Friday, you get these random rumors that the game might get moved. And I don't think it's going to get moved. And now they're hiring uh, uh, regular civilians to shovel snow. Like, what are we going to expect in Buffalo, and, and how is it going to impact what is going to be a normal game for us to watch?
6: I mean, it's—I mean, the wind is supposed to be even almost as bigger factor is than the snow is apparently yeah. so that's why you're seeing that total drop of almost a touchdown um i mean we're gonna need the over really bad everyone just came in on the under name a name a number they bet the under <laughs> that we hung so uh we're gonna be under and actually money's been kind of going both ways here on the spread so i mean obviously we i'd love to see a Steelers upset for the book uh, just to knock out a bunch of parlays teasers and whatnot but uh, right now, the spread's not really much of a need. We're just going to need points from somewhere.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you mentioned the weather, and I think this is an education for a lot of people because what you just said is absolutely true. It's the most discussed thing for kickers and punters pregame is looking at which direction the flags are waving at the top of the goal posts and you know how strong of a breeze it is that we're getting and what direction the breeze is coming in from and all that information is obviously communicated to and with the head football coach and the special teams coordinator and all those things are you know really weighed and balanced wind without question is the worst enemy of any offense or any kicking team uh it's it's the defense's best friend because it kind of makes the offense play left-handed is it similar for for sports books is is wind the the biggest wild card for you when you're trying to handicap
6: definitely like you brought up the a good point with like kicker special teams punts etc it's hard to throw when it's really windy. Yep. Um, so it's definitely going to affect a team like the Bills with Josh Allen. Um, so, I mean, we're going to – I think you're probably going to see a lot of runs. I mean, we're going to need points out of nowhere, but I, it's the wind games are definitely the hardest ones to kind of try and get right. We just got to do our best to follow uh, what our sharpest customers are telling us about the total,
5: really.
3: How about, Seamus, how about those weather games where – you look at the Dolphins as a four and a half point underdog. You look at the Steelers as nine and a half point underdogs. There, do you think the weather helps or hurts the road underdogs in those spots?
6: I, I it it depends. I mean, you got a team like Pittsburgh that plays over in, uh, you know, what was formerly known as Heinz Field. I they've seen their fair share of uh, of poor weather games. I mean, Miami, it's. I, it's, it's going to be tough for them. It's, it's, you know, just geographically, you know, they don't play a lot of, like, they played in Buffalo for sure a couple cold weather games, but I mean, you're looking at feels like minus 30 out there. I, it's, going to be, it's going to be tough. And Mahomes and Kelsey and those guys, they played frigid temperatures before at Arrowhead. So I don't think they're going to be very, I, I mean, it's going to make a difference. They're going to be, it's going to be hard. Uh, but I think it just depends team to team, honestly.
5: Seamus, tomorrow night, I think, is the toughest game. Like I have a a bet on pretty much every game right now for the weekend, with the exception of the Sunday night game, the Rams and the Lions. I I just don't have a feel for it. I I think the number seems fair. We haven't seen it move off the three much this week. It's kind of... Wobbling towards the Lions at three and a half, but it's not quite there. We saw a lot of LAR plus three and a half money I, I, I saw come in earlier in the week. I, is there anything that's sticking out to you in this game? I know, you know, MGM's got a, got a huge stronghold in the state of Michigan. I would imagine that means you need the Rams, but let's be honest Stafford as a dog, I mean, I think they're going to get a lot of love in this game, too.
6: Yeah, I, every week I come on here and the, uh, we're rooting at whoever's playing a Michigan team, yeah. but there's definitely a lot of interest in the Rams this week. Uh, that could change come kickoff, but right now it's, it's money coming both ways. Mm. In terms of
4: player props, because that's becoming uh, inarguably one of the fastest growing markets with Daily Fantasy and also, you know, on BetMGM, I mean, I love how many props you guys have available on a weekly, daily basis. You know, I, I, I look at a weather game like we were discussing at uh, Buffalo or at Arrowhead, and I think, geez, you know, it feels like those are more ripe for the plucking. Would you agree? Would you say there's more value because there's a little bit more volatility in that market to pick props on weather games?
6: Absolutely. Whenever there's just a lot of uncertainty and just variance in a game, there's always gonna be a prop you can find. Mm. Kind of find another edge in the game. Like this every week I feel like there's someone out there who's looking to find a game that doesn't have a touchdown score. That's why you're probably to see, uh, you know, a smaller number on the odds for that. We took, uh, you know, a chunk of bets on under touchdowns for all the games, like under, you know, three and a half total touchdowns, two and a half total touchdowns. So, one. it's, um, yeah, there, it, you, you find something every week where you know people are trying to find an edge. Seamus,
3: I know you want to make amends. To last <laughs> week. <Okay>. Ah! Mastodons, <laughs> yes. So the Seamus special this week. Where are you taking us?
6: I'm in a low spot, guys. I a great track last night, so I need a winner here. And oh, boy. I'm going to go back to a player who has done me no wrong this year, and I'm going to have to fade you, Jared. I'm taking the Texans outright. I think wow. they get it Wow.
5: Head Jeez. to head with the Sheamus special this week. Oh. oh my God! I don't know what to feel. Hey, the last few weeks, you're on the right side. <laughs> uh, That's <laughs>
3: fair. <laughs> well, hey, great stuff as always, Sheamus. Man, really appreciate your time and uh, absolutely enjoy Super Wildcard Weekend, man. Thanks,
6: guys. Enjoy the game.
3: Good stuff, bud. Thank you. There he is, Sheamus McGee from BetMGM. How do you feel about that head to head?
5: Not, not great. Not great, Bob, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> not great, Bob. Well, it's weird. I mean, you, you know how I am, guys. Like, I don't want to be on the side of the public. But I also, my New Year's resolution and my betting uh, vibe this year is just to be my own man and to not be influenced by outside sources. I re- Like, the matchups, and we can get to it later in the show, like, the matchups are so favorable for the Browns. And I'm just hoping this is one of those spots. The public's done really well in the NFL this year. Public is... Doing pretty well. So maybe they're better informed. I don't know. Or maybe the public will be wrong in the Chiefs, right? Yeah, go Dolphins later. Let the Dolphins be the game that everyone doesn't expect anyone to win and the Miami wins. But hopefully Cleveland gets home.
3: Well, <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll share some, uh, I think, good news for you. This a little glass half full, glass yeah. half empty. If you're back in the Browns, that's right around the corner. But glass full on optimism when Isaac Lowenkron is gracing the airwaves over here. Right? There's there's not even a portion that's glass, you know, a fourth empty, an eighth empty. There's none of that. It's fully. Fantastic. I love what's going on, buddy.
7: And a glass full of fresh NFL information today because multiple outlets reported a short time ago that Philadelphia Eagles receiver A.J. Brown will not play in Monday's wildcard game against Tampa Bay due to a sprained knee. Brown, however, could return for the divisional playoffs if the Eagles advance. NFL media reported this morning that it's believed that the Los Angeles Chargers will speak with Jim Harbaugh next week. While Las Vegas Raiders All-Pro pass rusher Max Crosby will explore a trade request if the Raiders do not hire Antonio Pierce as their full-time head coach, ESPN reports Pierce has emerged as the Raiders' leading candidate. The playoffs kick off today at 4.30 Eastern with 4-seed Houston hosting 5-seed Cleveland. Then at 8.10 Eastern from Arrowhead, 3-seed Kansas City hosts 6-seed Miami. Finally, the Washington Post reports that tomorrow's Bills-Steelers game in Buffalo is still on track to be played as scheduled despite three feet of snow expected to fall over the next 36 hours in Buffalo. Yesterday, New York Governor Kathy Hockle addressed citizens about the upcoming snowstorm but also addressed Steelers fans.
0: And this one's for our friends who are thinking about traveling from Pittsburgh to watch the game. We think it's just better if you stay home and tune in on television. <laughs> It'll be safer for all of us. It's going to be a rough game for you anyhow. Oh,
7: snap! <laughs> <laughs> Nothing yeah. like trash-talking politicians.
3: Back to you Love guys. it. Thank you, Ilo. It is Fox Sports Radio's countdown to kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. That hasn't gone badly for anyone, right? Yeah, right? Never. What was yeah. it, the
5: mayor of someone? Uh, mayor Cincinnati. Cincinnati, Cincinnati That's right. yeah. against the Chiefs.
4: <laughs> yep. yeah,
3: that Arrowhead,
5: thing. he fully leaned into oh, that. It didn't man. work out.
3: Hey, once a day, play BetMGM's free-to-play 8-Bit Barry for a chance to win daily prizes. Play as Hall of Famer Barry Sanders and choose to spin, stiff arm, or juke your way to the end zone. To win prizes, if Barry scores a touchdown, you score a reward. Okay, so two things, Jared, with you backing the Browns that might make you feel better. Uh, The first thing is Charlie Heck, huh? offensive tackle. He is on the injury report. He's got a calf injury. He's questionable. Now, the last time these two teams played, Charlie Heck gave up 15 pressures and two sacks. Yeah. And now he's got a calf injury, and he's going up against Miles Garrett and company. That is not a great recipe. And the other thing I keep going back to is if the Browns, who have a great chance to hold Nico Collins in relative check, what are the Texans doing offensively? No idea. Right? Against that defense, I think so much hinges on Nico Collins. Can he have a good game for the Texans? Because if he doesn't do a whole lot, I don't see the Texans
4: doing a whole lot. This game comes down to one thing and one thing only. It comes down to Miles Garrett and that pass rush up front, getting into C.J. Stroud's kitchen, making him rush throws, making him step up and off his spot, making him uncomfortable in the pocket and failing to deliver accurate footballs downfield because this guy rolls out of bed accurate. And he is unwavering. He'll stand in the pocket and he'll deliver. So you got to hit him early. You got to get to him early. You got to hit him. I mean, I'm not suggesting going outside of the boundaries of the game, but it may not hurt if you're right up against the edge of that whistle. You know what I mean? Like, if you're just, you know, a couple extra shoves, a couple extra bumps against the rookie in his first playoff appearance, hosting the Browns, like – I'm saying you, you got to get some sort of mental edge over C.J. Stroud, and you need to get him uncomfortable. Otherwise, you're going to get ripped apart in the back end, and, and that's what he's been able to do is keep his composure,
5: his, I mean, under pressure or with a clean pocket, and deliver the football downfield. Yeah, let's, let's dive deeper into Stroud in this matchup. I, I think, um, I, honestly, this is a very interesting spot for C.J., a lot of people going into this game think that he's kind of infallible based off of the, the, what he's done this year. Um, I, I don't like this matchup for him at all. So, I, first of all, if you really dive deeper into the teams that the Texans have faced down the stretch, they have beaten up on a lot of bad secondaries. Here are the, games, the good games that C.J. Stroud has had. Arizona, 32nd in pass defense. Cincinnati, 30th. Tennessee, bottom five. Tampa Bay dealing with a ton of injuries in the secondary. Jacksonville, downtrending all year. The games that he played against the good secondary, the Jets, ugly. Very, very ugly. I know that game was on the road and bad weather and all that stuff. Then you get into the actual matchup, the X's and O's here. Last week, C.J. Stroud got to face a Colts defense that loves to play zone. Well, C.J. Stroud this year is top five in efficiency against zone. Now he faces the Browns this week, who play the most man coverage of anyone in the league. Guess what? CJ Stroud, bottom five in efficiency against man coverage this season. It's just a different matchup. And I think rookie quarterbacks, especially, have struggled in their first playoff start. Two and eight straight up, three, six and one against the spread since 2002. First time starting quarterbacks in the playoffs have struggled in their first start. It's been a while for Joe Flacco, but obviously he's got a ton of playoff experience. And we just have to give a lot of credit to, I think, Kevin Stefanski. 27% of the Browns roster is, uh, or excuse me, their salary cap is on IR. He's gone from a mobile quarterback Deshaun Watson, multiple quarterbacks in between, losing your right tackle, losing your left tackle, losing your best running back, Chubb, who's maybe one of the best in football. You figure out a way to make it work with Joe Flacco, and you go for, I mean, it, it, you're, it's, it's an incredible job by Stefanski this season. So don't take anything away from D'Amico Ryans going from three wins to ten wins. The Texans done a great job this year, fewest turnovers in the league, but this matchup does not favor Houston. And I think it's tough to lay two and a half points on the road, considering this was a minus three against Case Keenum three weeks ago. But I think you just got to bet Cleveland in this game and hope that they can get over the hump.
3: Yeah, these two coaches might finish 1-2 for Coach of the Year with D'Amico Ryans and Stefanski. One thing that could benefit the Texans, it's crazy. The Browns have the league's most turnovers. Mm. They've got 37. The Texans have the fewest at 14. Uh, And we all know the turnover battle can be a huge, huge deal right there. And as studly as Joe Flacco has been, Coming off his couch from eating Funyuns to back in the NFL at 38 years old. Going to turn 39 next week. Like, he's thrown an interception in every single appearance. And he threw two of them against the, the, uh, the Texans when they played in the regular season. As great as he was, he threw for 368 in that game, but he threw a couple of picks. The turnover battle could, you know, make a, uh, make a game tighter It could make the Browns, you know, clinch a little bit more, right? Like, I think you got to try as best you can to not lose the turnover battle by, you know, two, three. If we're talking like that for the Browns, now all of a sudden the Texans become live as a home underdog. But I hear you on everything that you said, Jared. That's why I like the Browns heading into this game. But that turnover battle, that is the great equalizer right there.
4: I'm a big fan of Bobby Slowick and how he calls games, because if you look at the reason why C.J. Stroud has had so much success against zone defenses is because they do a good job of forcing you to play them in zone defenses with a lot of the personnel packages they bring on the field. Um, They're not the best run offense, but they show run enough both in actually rushing plays, but also formationally, that it tricks your, your defensive coordinators, opposing defensive coordinators, into playing more zone. And so it, it adding players to the box, putting bigger personnel on the field to stuff the run, and this is all because of the influence Kyle Shanahan has had on him. Kyle Shanahan is a mastermind with this. Same with Sean McVay. Over the years, like a lot of those – close bunch sets you know everybody is huddled in close to the tackle box and then all of a sudden you have yeah. cooper cup running a seam down the field it's like how do he get so open well what what does that look so familiar uh uh to the the texans offense nico collins you know, middle of the field between the hashes, easy throw. First played game last week. Exactly, seventy-five yards. So it's one of those problems that Houston presents that you have to figure out and make some sacrifices defensively and take some chances against some of these some of these um, some of these sets that they show offensively. And that's the reason why he's been carving up zone defenses. It's because that's what they practice. That's what they face the majority of time. And you have to find a way to get them into a situation where they're chasing points so they can't so they can't rely on their run game as much so it has to become a little bit of Houston's chasing points, they're getting more receivers on the field, they're spreading things out a little bit more and they're really relying on C.J. Stroud to win the game for them that's what I would do, I would put all of the pressure on C.J. Stroud uh, figuratively and literally you know, you pressure him, obviously with blitz packages and pass rush, but then also, you put the pressure on him where if you, you go up a score or two, 10 point lead at some point in this game, well then, he's got to to chase points and you're going to take Houston out of the game they want to play.
5: Yeah. I love when we get the lather going with these breakdowns because it just, it, it just gets my mind in a good spot because I, I, I agree with you, Rich. I think Slowick, it just it, it was kind of a conservative game plan after the first half last week. They took a couple shots early and they just held on for dear life. I don't think that's going to work this week. It has to be aggressive from the jump. and I, I, Because defensively on Houston's side, it, it's not looking good. Will Anderson barely played last week. I don't know if he's 100%. You go look at the front of that Texans defensive line, it's a lot of O's and Q's, meaning outs and questionables. And it's just, I I, I trust D'Amico Ryans to have the right scheme, but does he have the right chess pieces on the board to execute that scheme against a Browns offense that can be a little bit multiple, especially with how they layer? Uh, Their receiving group. I mean, I love Njoku over the middle is going to be a matchup nightmare in this game. Bet all the props you want on Njoku. And obviously, Amari Cooper, I mean, he went absolutely bizarre. He had 250 plus yards receiving the last time these two teams played. So I I just I I think the game script might matter a little bit for how Houston plays it. But if Bobby Slowick's not very aggressive here, I think that is a mistake. You go back and look at last week, the Texans in the first half had a 64% success rate against the Colts. It was explosive. And then Gus Bradley made some adjustments at halftime, and it was a barely-win, for dear life game. Jim Schwartz is going to have to be in a similar boat. We'll see what the initial game plan is, Jim Schwartz being the defensive coordinator for uh, the Browns. I, I think he is capable of making good adjustments as well. So maybe if the Texans do take a lead, Browns second half, like I, I think the price matters too. Like I don't want to lay three with Cleveland. They, they, they were a three-point favorite against the, uh, the Texans three weeks ago with Case Keenum. Now it's the same price with C.J. Stroud. Right, it's like that Dolphins game. Price getting a little bit weird here, but I still like the Browns matchups. O's and Q's, I like that. Out, <laughs> and questionable.
3: And I like very well done. And we've D's got Rich Ornburger right? and D's. Yeah, I <laughs> <doubt, you> don't <laughs> want the D's either. We got Rich Ornburger, Penn State All American. We've got Jared Smith, FSR betting analyst. I'm Brian. Now, all right, coming up, this is where we bond. Uh, it's not Justin Fields talk yeah. <laughs> and crazy pants Richo wanting to bring him, bring him back. No, it's oh, a future it Hall
5: of Famer. <laughs> I might be changing my mind on Justin Fields after last week, guys. Okay. I think I'm on, I'm on the Brian <laughs> Okay,
3: Good. I'm glad you're on the right yeah. side. I'm on the right side thing. now. Yes. Uh, prop it up. All the player props. We uh, discuss, share ideas right around the corner. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Be sure to check out the new-looking features in the BetMGM app. It's fast and easy access to the sports you love, whether it's teasers, the Daily Lions boost, or the cash-out feature. Place your first BetMGM sportsbook wager through the BetMGM app of at least $5, and you'll receive $158 instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's outcome. That's right, once you've placed a $5 bet, You'll receive one hundred and fifty-eight dollars in bonus bets, regardless of the outcome of the wager. Download the BetMGM app today, or visit betmgm.com and use code Countdown. All right, let's do this.
6: it on Prop it up. Let's go, play. Player plays. Ah,
3: it's like you just walk into the man cave and turn on ball. It's ah. That's how I feel when we're talking about props here. Jared, we'll start with you. What do you like, man?
5: Yeah, I like a lot of props in this game, um, I, especially if it starts Which with. Which game? Avid Dolphins? And you like and a lot of overs in the Dolphins <laughs> yeah, game. A, right? lot, a lot of overs in the Dolphins <laughs> game. No. A lot of Njoku props in the Browns Texans game. But I will give you officially for the show over five and a half receptions. Um, he's had at least six in four straight games and seven of the last eight. And the Texans defense allows the second most targets to tight ends um so we're gonna take it a step further not only am i gonna bet over five and a half receptions uh which is basically minus 110 but we're also gonna bet a ladder receptions we're gonna climb the ladder okay all right So we're we're getting to seven receptions plus 155 eight receptions is plus 290 and a nine catch game for my guy david and joku five to one
6: Climb the ladder, David. Wow. wow. Okay. I like that a lot.
4: Okay, so I'm going to do complimentary picks here because I'm really focused on this Browns-Texans matchup this weekend. And if you look at if you look at the game in, in simple terms, who do you think is going to win? Who do you think is going to lose? Who's going to advance? Who's going home? I got the Browns. So if I have the Browns, it means that I feel like they're going to be running the football toward the end of the game. So Jerome Ford hitting the over 42 and a half rushing yards wow. feels good. Okay. Now, I said it before, the best way to get C.J. Stroud uncomfortable is to get him off his spot and get him chasing points and get him to throw the football and put the game in his hands. If he's going to be throwing the football a lot, he's going to be accruing a lot of passing yards. So I like the over on the 248 and a hook passing yards. So give me Ford going over his rushing total. Give me Stroud over his passing yardage total and give me a win this weekend. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to look at the Rams here.
3: I'm going to need our Lions guy, Chris Perfett, to close his ears oh boy Uh-oh. for just Uh-oh. about 20 seconds or so. All right? No, uh, no, no, no. I'm going to take the Stafford over here. 275 and a half. I just, yeah. I don't love this Lions pass defense. And Stafford, in a familiar building, spent a lot of time there. Over a decade <laughs> going up against the Lions. I, I think that he's going to have a lot of success. And the Lions, who have the number two-ranked rush defense, I think that they're going to slow down Kyron Williams a bit, but the Rams going to have to lean on Stafford a lot, and I think he'll be up for the test. I've got him over 275.5 in what could be an absolute shootout yeah. between the Rams and the and the Lions on Sunday night.
5: I like yeah, it. I'm, I'm, I'm torn on that game. I really am. Like, honestly, and, and that's why I asked the uh, – Seamus, about it. Like, I think that game, the game script will matter a lot. And I just can't predict what the game. I don't know what the game script is going to be. I I don't know. It is a tough handicap, that one. That's the one game this week I have zero feel for.
3: Yeah, really? Wow, the one game, huh? Hmm. Interesting. Okay, we got a lot more to get to right around the corner, including it's been a great start for this young gun. Can he keep it going, though? Oh, what is going on, everybody? Super wild card weekend begins today. Hopefully with the Finns' nightcap victory on Peacock. Huh? P-Croc. Can I get an amen? Can I? <laughs> no? A lot of amen. people borrowing
5: sign-ins. Amen. 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 I did okay. tease the Dolphins up to fourteen and a half, so I am Team right. Brian notes. Wow, tonight, something don't by more than fourteen. That's
4: something <laughs> right there. <laughs>
5: <laughs> you, okay, so what did you? Uh, how'd you tease it to uh, fourteen fourteen and a half? We did a ten point teaser earlier in the week. I took the Browns for minus two and a half to plus seven and a half. Okay, and we took the Dolphins up. It was four. It was four and a half at the time. I went to fourteen and a half. And then we did a Bills from 10 down to a Pick'em. Now that's actually at 9, so you can get a plus one on Buffalo. It won't matter. Um, But, yeah, 10-point. I love the – so I I also did a 13-point teaser with all six games that I can give you later if you want. Ooh. The mega teaser. Super mega teaser. (laughs) For (laughs) super wild card weekend, weekend, weekend.
3: weekend. Now now do you take the uh, Packers, what, plus – Uh, what would it be, 17? I moved the <laughs> Packers up to 20 in the mega teaser. Oh, Ooh. my gosh. take the Cowboys plus three if you want to go that way. But Yeah, that's not uh, a bad option either. Yeah, if you dive into this uh, Packers-Cowboys matchup, so that's tomorrow, the Cowboys at home have been fantastic. They've won 16 straight home games. This is staggering to me. The last time they lost at home was week one of 2022 against Tampa, that was Brady, right? Yeah. That was a Brady game in week one. And this year, the uh, the Cowboys this season, they've won uh, six of their eight home wins were by at least 20 points. So not only have they won at home, they're undefeated. They have waxed a lot of teams at home. And I love the quarterback matchup, one, two in touchdown passes. Dak led the league with 36 You've got Jordan Love with 32. I just want to know if that Packers defense can begin to slow down the Cowboys because they were awful. The only thing that could help them was Justin Fields. (laughs) But they've been awful down the stretch, uh, and I think they're going to have their work cut out for them against Dallas. That offense at home is tough to stop. And I'll tell you what, the Cowboys with a lead and that pass rush – that is a dangerous team playing from ahead, and I expect them to be ahead against Green Bay in this one.
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I like Dallas in this game. I love them at home uh, for all the reasons you just just described, but I'll, I'll add a wrinkle here. You know, offensively for the Cowboys, over the course of their season, they've been obviously much more comfortable at home, uh, and it's because for whatever reason, CeeDee Lamb, is much more comfortable at home. when When they're playing, uh, when they're playing at Jerry's World, his numbers are bonkers. His home splits are insane. He is the thumping heart of the Dallas Cowboys now, and his production uh, is almost unmatched. When you When you really start looking at some of the low red zone numbers, he's uh, he's he's a real weapon for Dak and Mike McCarthy. Credit to him, you know. There are times where a receiver can get categorized as a diva. And I think maybe C.D. Lamb was heading down that path earlier this season when Jamar Chase started started chirping with the rough start that Cincinnati was having and talking about how he's not the problem. Well, C.D. Lamb, he kind of piggybacked on that. He was like, well, I'm certainly not the problem here in Dallas. <laughs> you know, like, I'm, I'm the answer. They just haven't, uh, they haven't scribbled the right answer on the page yet. And they started to. They started stretching the field vertically with him more and also targeting him down near the end zone and I think it was a great change that they made. He is becoming one of the preeminent uh, route runners in the league. He does a nice job setting himself up for success in short spaces. And if he's going, I mean, if he's going off the way he has at home, then Dallas should sail through this game because I just don't know if the Green Bay Packers can chase the sort of numbers that Dallas can put up in a hurry, especially when they're featuring CeeDee Lamb like I assume they will.
5: Yeah, Cowboys at home. Different animal. They've won 16 straight home games. It's pretty impressive. Um, And the Packers, you want to talk about impressive, the youngest team in the NFL this year and the youngest team to make the playoffs since the 1974 Buffalo Bills and a very different NFL back then where I'm sure the players were just younger to begin with. Um, The average age of the Packers this year is 25.7. So the NFL is getting younger by the year, and and the Packers are kind of the the poster child for how you can have success with less experience. But what did I say about the C.J. Stroud situation? Rookie quarterbacks in the postseason haven't done well. I know Jordan Love's not a rookie, but this is his first postseason start, and historically speaking, those quarterbacks have not fared well in those debuts. Whereas Dak Prescott obviously has played in a lot of postseason games. He's had varying success, but at least he has had the experience. so tough environment, right? Tough spot. Maybe the Packers don't know how, you know, right? They're, they're not afraid of the moment because they just, they're too young to realize how big the moment is. But the Cowboys defense has kind of given, I think, an opportunity here. So if you look down the stretch, the Cowboys post by have been about a bottom 10 defense in efficiency. And the only reason that they're surviving is because they're number one in pressure rate, and and that is important. The Packers' offensive line is is formidable, though. Um, uh, number two pass block win rate this year. I think the Jordan Love growth since Thanksgiving. He's the number two quarterback, in a lot of the efficiency metrics that I look at. The ball's coming out quicker. The young receivers: Reed, Dobbs, Melton, Watson, Wicks. Like they've got a. Decent stable. And they've got Aaron Jones, who I think is the glue that holds it all together. So offensively, I can see the Packers having success in this game. Defensively, that's another story entirely. Joe Barry uh, threw a curveball last week, went with a lot of man coverage against the Bears, and it really confused Justin Fields, who already holds on to the ball too long, and he held on to it even longer. I just I don't think that's going to confuse Dak Prescott as much. And I, I just think this is a tough matchup on the defensive side of the ball for the Packers. Can they create a turnover? Sure. Can Mike McCarthy, uh, you know, defecate down his leg? Absolutely. But I just don't see a lot of scenarios where the Packers defense wins them this game. It's going to have to be Jordan Love and the Cowboys losing it uh, if, if Green Bay wants to have a chance. Yeah, like you mentioned, the Mike McCarthy bull yeah.
3: going up against oh, yeah. his former squad. Uh, so that's an interesting little subplot right there. But... Man, we're talking about all these job openings in the NFL, eight of them right now? Right now, right? (laughs) Like, there are a couple of teams that if they are one and done, I would not be surprised if there is a change there. How about this? If you look at, take a step back from, but not completely, from the Cowboys and the Packers, keep them both in mind. If you look at the biggest threats to the one seeds in each conference, let's start with the NFC. Which team would you say is the biggest threat to take down
4: Good the 49ers? Uh, the Rams. The That's Rams. who wow. I go with too, Rich. Yeah. yeah. You, you have a, divi- a bad look. You have a division rival. You have a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. You have a Super Bowl-winning coach who has been to multiple Super Bowls. You have uh, a, a real – and I mean a real defense. They're kids around Aaron Donald, but Aaron Donald is – a supreme talent at what he does and he's led that defense this season just like in seasons past and then it's just a veteran group in terms of playoff experience so if there's a team that poses a great threat as an underdog heading into a matchup which could come as soon as this divisional round i Next think week, it's yeah.
5: yeah i think it's the Los Angeles reps. yeah no I, I i agree i think that is a very interesting matchup um, Shanahan and McVay, you know, it, it, that's been a, a tale as old as time. I, I, I'll i take the chalk answer here and say it's Dallas, just just mm-hmm. because of, of how complete of a roster they are. I think the Rams' defense would really struggle to stop the Niners' offense, whereas I, I can see Purdy having some issues with this pass rush. Um, the, the, although the Rams... You know, you want to talk about Aaron Donald pulling out a rabbit from his hat and having one last run at it? Like, maybe that is the right move. There is definitely going to be a game that the night. Like, they have to play two games in the NFC playoffs in order to make the Super Bowl. I don't see them both going blowout city. I I think there's going to be a tight one in there. But, like, would, would anything outside of maybe the Bills losing this week really surprise you guys? Like, would the Packers going into Dallas and winning, would that really surprise you? Yes, Okay. It would surprise me. we have been down on Green Bay all year, though. Yeah, I have. What's <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't it surprise me based on the line movement. Everyone's on Dallas. Line went from 7.5 to 7 yesterday. So, wouldn't surprise. I mean, I think there's some money on Green Bay in this game. I, I don't yeah. think they're going to win, but I think there's some money on Green Bay in this game.
3: Yeah, uh, I would go with Rams. I think the Rams are the biggest threat to the Niners in the I NFC. I think I would agree. I, just, I
5: agree.
3: Division rivals. Sean McVay has fared very, very yeah. well in that matchup against Kyle Shanahan. Uh, so, yeah, you talk about firepower I don't trust McCarthy either, guys. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't that, that's why I think Dallas wouldn't surprise me if they lose. Yeah. I don't trust McCarthy. Okay, how
4: about the AFC? Who's this the biggest threat to the Ravens? This one's the, the Browns. Again, another divisional wow. rival. Uh, another Super Bowl-winning quarterback. Another coach who... I believe is underrated in terms of how he coaches situations. I mean, if you think about the Cleveland Browns defense and special teams and some of the end of the game decisions with Kevin Stefanski, he's rarely cited as one of those coaches who screws up situations and that is so important in the postseason. Like, you know, for everything we're saying about Dallas, yeah, great in close games, Do you trust Mike McCarthy? No. (laughs) You know what I mean? And there's a lot of coaches like that. Look around the NFL. There's a lot of coaches. You know, uh, uh, Andy Reid. Uh, Andy Reid, there have been a lot of games where we've gone, what is he doing, mismanaging the clock? Uh, You remember that first half against the Bengals. Was that last postseason? Yeah, it was. The first half against the Bengals where they didn't score going into the locker room. It looked like the game was going to be over. And then Mahomes went on a heater in the second half, and they found a way. But but there's just there's these moments where you need to have a guy who can keep his head on uh, and, and make the right choice, and I think Stefanski's that guy. So, yeah, if there's a team who I think has a chance to knock off the Ravens at some
5: point, it is the Cleveland Browns. If you do it based off of quarterbacks, you gotta say Buffalo. Mm. But I just it goes back to McDermott. Like I just I don't I don't trust these guys in these spots. Like they've shown like their cards. I've seen their cards. I we we've played poker at them with them before in prior postseasons. When these games get high stakes, they fold quick. And I think Stefanski makes sense in terms of the best coach I think he's the best coach in the AFC um I, I think the the personnel with Flacco might be what holds them back right like I don't I don't see like when I close my eyes and view the Super Bowl matchup I don't see Flacco in there but I'm wrong all the time and man Stefanski's I can't see him out coaching everyone down the stretch he's kind of done it this year I mean just think about Stefan like this same thing happened to the Jets. The exact same thing. Great defense, quarterback gets hurt. What happened? <laughs> Very different direction for the Jets than the Browns. Same exact situation. And that's coaching. That's the ability to pull you know, chicken excrement and make it in the chicken salad. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that is what Kevin Savansky did this year. So, yeah, sure, Browns, why not? You know, it's funny, man. I think it's the Chiefs.
3: Huh, yeah. Thing is, no one's yeah. talking about them, right? Yeah. They're the yeah. defending champs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They won the Super Bowl last season. And I get it. They have their issues in terms of the drops. But think about that in terms of your issues and what's correctable or not. I would rather be struggling with drops and that's bitten them before. It's cost them a couple of games. Right. Yep. But I would rather struggle in that department than we just can't stop the rush to save our lives. All right. Fair. Like our past defenses, our secondary is trash. Like, the Chiefs that's defense not all is way of a sudden going to correct itself.
4: Yeah, and also not for nothing, I cited Joe Flacco as a Super Bowl winning quarterback. What was that when Obama was in office? Like, <laughs> I, I mean, Patrick Mahomes has won and gone to three. He's won two. He's gone to three. Like, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the yeah. Ch- of course the Chiefs. It's like hidden it in yeah, plain sight right. this season. So that's a good pull, Brian. And and I think it is unfair. To count out Kansas City. And, look, I i know you're a Dolphins fan. I know this probably, you know, maybe cup your ears for this one. But, I mean, I got them sailing, frankly, through this first round. I, I just hey, think that – Hey, hey, hey. I, hey. I know. I know. I mean, I just see the Dolphins kind of run. It's almost like, are are we gonna make it to the gas station? And then all of a sudden, you're on the bridge, and you're like, (laughs)
5: yeah, you're. When you're in, yeah, I've done that before.
4: Yeah, and then and then you gotta stop bridge traffic because your car is pulled over in the right lane. You know, like. (laughs)
3: I was I'm thinking you were going the opposite way. I thought you were like, like now, Brian, I've, I've actually, I'm going to go against the grain here, fins up. That's what I was expecting, <laughs> and you were like, no. nope, boat race city. I,
5: <laughs> you, you're There's some interesting numbers right with the Chiefs, too, guys. I mean, they you want to talk about longevity? So they can join the Patriots and the Cowboys, 91 through 96 Cowboys, 2011, 2018 Patriots, the only teams to win a playoff game in six straight years. I mean, that's wow. That's impressive. Like. Yeah. Like that's longevity right there, and yeah, I I I kind of, I guess, I, I need to see what the matchups are. I I know this is a cop out answer, but I I I want to know who like if it is Rams Niners, then then yeah, that's a lot tougher I think for the Niners than Rams Lions, and if that's if that ends up being the game, and I don't know how the seedings will work out, but you kind of get my point. Like if if one of those teams. Upsets the apple Card a little bit and makes it into that championship game like a Rams. That could pose a very different threat. Same thing with the Chiefs. No one's talking about the Chiefs ma- making a Super Run right yeah. now. Like
3: nobody. I, I know it. It's crazy. You got a real defense, Mahomes, Andy Reid. Yep. I, yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of firepower. Just catch the right darn there. ball. Yeah, I know it. I know it. Read Keyshawn's book, man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the. That's the, uh, the formula right the, there. That's exactly. the elixir right there. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, All right, we've got Rich Orenberger, Penn State All-American, Jared Smith, FSR betting analyst. I'm Brian No, Coming up next, nobody saw this happening, and it has happened. It might continue to happen. More on that right around the corner. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. <laughs>
6: you my favorite icon.
2: Oh, Joseph.
6: Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Thurow Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Man, when the Eagles were 10-1, who saw them losing five of their next six? Nick Sirianni. If they lose to Tampa, he might be done as the head coach in Philly. It's crazy. Like when they went to ten and one, they had three straight wins against the Cowboys, Chiefs, and Bills. And the Eagles have lost five and six and haven't just lost. They've looked freaking terrible. And now you get Tampa with no AJ Brown. You've got Jalen Hurts with the messed up middle finger on his throwing hand. It was dislocated uh, last week. And then you've got Devontae Smith with an ankle injury. It's insane what's happened to the Eagles this year. If anybody would have predicted this when they were 10-1, and one, everyone would have been like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard.
7: <laughs> and
4: that's exactly what's happened. You know what, though? How crazy? How crazy was it when they were 10-1 and one to say they were going to have a rough stretch to finish the season? Because I felt like we were all waiting for the other shoe to drop the whole season long. It, it felt like they were holding this thing together with yeah. bubblegum and paper clips. It, it felt like they were MacGyvering this thing. In fact, Nick Sirianni, if they would have finished the season strong, I would have given them a lot of credit for not allowing the wheels to fall off because it just felt like they were sneaking by. Um, so I get what you're saying, and I I know on paper when you see 10-1, and one, especially retrospectively, you feel like, wow, that's such a strong record. But it, it didn't feel like a strong 10-1 and 1 at all. It felt like a very – it felt like the foundation was built on sand and you were wait, waiting for this building to collapse. Man,
3: totally but to agree. see it like this, though? And that's on the heels of a Super Bowl appearance. I yeah. Know. Being
5: 10-1. and 1, like, act- I, I think it, a lot of it's the injuries. A lot of it's the two – Brains that left town, Steichen and Gannon, but but let's let's go through it, right? Let's let's piece it together because this is what we do on the show, right? We're giving you the information you need to watch your favorite team win. So here you go. Um, they are the sixth team in history to make the playoffs after losing five of six down the stretch. Six teams, the prior five have not won more than one playoff game. Hmm. So if you think the Eagles are going to go on this magical run here and rekindle the magic and the flame. The prior five teams that have struggled this mightily down the stretch, they've all been one win and out or one and done. And I think that is noteworthy. Now you go into the games. boy. So three losses down the stretch to non-playoff teams, Seahawks, Cardinals, Giants. Very lucky in week nine beating Dallas, right? That was the Dak Prescott foot out of bounds game where Dallas could have easily won that game. Then they go into the bye week. Very lucky win against Kansas City where uh, the receiver dropped the ball in the end zone. Very lucky beating Buffalo in overtime. That game could have gone either way. Then they got crushed by the Niners. They got crushed by the Cowboys. They lost to a subpar Seahawks team with Drew Lock at quarterback. Didn't cover against the Giants and Tommy DeVito in round one. Lost to the Cardinals and Kyler Murray. Then lost to the Giants and Tyrod Taylor in round two. I mean where is the positive performance there where you're like, yep, that's the game where the Eagles are showing us, they've got it. It's been like two months of this. Yeah. So I don't know how you're going to magically snap your fingers. You've got your quarterback in a splint. AJ Brown is out. Like it's not looking good on the Philly side, but you're facing the relegated NFC South. That probably doesn't <laughs> deserve to have a postseason <laughs> spot. And you're facing Baker Mayfield, who I think is kind of like the walking wounded on the other side. So, the injuries are, the, are the, the, the the great equalizer here for, for Baker and the Bucs, but, man, it's not looking pretty for Philly.
3: To me, it's like it's a reminder in the NFL that it doesn't take much and it can happen fast. Yep. Because you look at the Eagles again. They were in the Super Bowl. They were going toe-to-toe with Mahomes and the Chiefs. They lost by a field goal. They were a defensive holding penalty away from maybe getting a final drive and winning that thing. Yeah. And you look at James Bradbury, he's a great example. He was the guy who was holding on that play. And this season, he has been a wreck. And you look at that Seahawks game that you just talked about, Jared. That's all they did was, like, find 24, throw it to whatever receiver he's trying to guard and failing miserably. And Drew Locke just carved him up all the way down the field. So you look at the Eagles being a Super Bowl team last season, being 10-1, and and it hasn't been just dolphin-like injuries, you know? And you're like, well, that's it. Like, They still are relatively healthy. Yeah. At least they just lost A.J. Brown for this matchup. But they've been healthy down the stretch. They've still lost five of six. And it's just amazing how quickly things can change when it doesn't take a whole lot for that to be the case. And the Eagles are a living, breathing example of that.
4: Well, and it shows you the tenuous nature of the NFL, but if Nick Sirianni on the other side of a potential loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers gets fired, well, then it also shows you it showcases the tenuous nature of coaching in the NFL these days. Because everything you just said is true. And then throw on top of it the fact that you can actually, and you would be legitimately correct, factoring in bad luck to this equation, and he could still lose his job after taking a team to a super bowl and inarguably like if the mvp of the super bowl was actually given to the most valuable player on the field he coached jalen hurts who was the mvp last year in that super bowl he was yeah. incredible the only reason why the philadelphia eagles had a chance at uh, uh uh that game and that win was because he played the game of his life in the most important game of his life um unfortunately lost so I, I I don't I don't love that storyline for the NFL because I appreciate consistency, I appreciate culture building, I appreciate the leash that the Detroit Lions gave Dan Campbell to build his culture. I appreciate the length of contract the Houston Texans signed with D'Amico Ryans to, to help him, you know, foster some trust amongst the roster and free agents who might be interested in coming to Texans to build a culture. I, I don't, I don't like this shoot from the hip. Hey, you know, we're going to, we're going to switch head coaches every three years, regardless of success, because it's not, it's not good for players. It's not good for quarterbacks. It's not good for young skill position players. It isn't good for defenders. It's just going to continue to suppress the, the, the talent we have in the NFL if we keep having the guard switch at the top, you know, like we change underwear. It's crazy.
5: <laughs> I, I agree. It, it is wild that we are going from Nick Sirianni in this perch to now uh, on the outs. But let's be honest. Stands for not for long, right? That's what the NFL means. And, and Nick was given an opportunity. His two top lieutenants both bolted town for head coaching jobs. Well-deserved. Jonathan Gannon goes to Arizona. Let's be honest. No one expected them to win a game. They won four. Maybe should have been five if Matt Prater could make a kick there down the stretch. On the other side, Shane Steichen, one game away from the playoffs. Like, it just – I think it shows what, what the Eagles really had and what they lost. Because this year, it has been a struggle to find that consistency because the two brightest minds on the coaching staff both left town. And it was on Sirianni to replace them. Offensively, okay, decent grade. Defensively, you bring in Sean to side, then midseason, you demote him. You promote Matt Patricia, who I don't know if he deserves to be a defensive coordinator, but he's calling the defensive signals with the pencil in his ear and everything. Like, it just... You have to perform in the NFL. If a quarterback started sucking and started throwing interceptions, he would get benched. In this case, Sirianni hired the wrong guys and they benched Desai and now they're probably gonna bench Sirianni. So yeah, it it it's unfortunate that it happened so fast, but Nick had a chance to bring in the right replacements for Gannon and Steichen, and I would say he failed miserably. Well, we don't need a replacement for this guy. Okay. Firmly <laughs>
3: entrenched. Okay. We don't need to call an audible. There's no backup option over here because he is the man, the myth, and the legend. He is known as Isaac Lowenkron. I low to his friends and family.
7: What's going on, ILO? Oh, what an introduction as always. Thank you, Brian. And plenty is going on today in the NFL. First item, multiple outlets reporting. Philadelphia Eagles receiver A.J. Brown will not play in Monday's wildcard game against Tampa Bay due to his sprained knee, but Brown could return for the divisional playoff round if the Eagles advance. NFL media reported this morning that it's believed that the Los Angeles Chargers will speak with Jim Harbaugh next Week while Las Vegas Raiders All-Pro pass rusher Max Crosby will explore a trade request if the Raiders do not hire Antonio Pierce as their full-time head coach, ESPN reports. Pierce has emerged as the Raiders' leading candidate. The playoffs kick off at 4:30 Eastern as four-seed Houston hosts five-seed Cleveland. Then tonight at 8:10 Eastern from Arrowhead, three-seed and defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City hosts six seed miami finally if anyone out there is free tonight the buffalo bills are offering 20 dollars an hour oh wow for people to shovel snow at highmark stadium beginning at 10 p.m eastern time this evening in advance of their playoff game tomorrow against the steelers the bills say complimentary food and breaks will be provided throughout shoveling shifts in a, quote, comfortable, warm area, unquote. Shovels, by the way, will be provided. Here's a taste of the reaction to this offer on social media. Steve commenting, can't they train AI to do this? <laughs> Meanwhile, and take note of the username, Hicketsburg8 comments, better not use the weather as an excuse when we beat you. Jim with a thought-provoking suggestion, boil a bunch of water, put it on the top step, let it run down to the bottom. Genius. I I agree. Very intriguing. And finally, Evan with really a sort of existential question, this may be a dumb question, but where do they put the snow? Unquote. With that... Back to you guys! <laughs> Don't touch the
5: yellow snow, guys. Actually,
7: do, do
4: you know how they do this? I actually looked into this. They'll they'll bring in like slides in certain cases or conveyor belts to like yeah. have the snow go down these like luges down the aisles where the ushers walk up and down with the cracker jacks. And then they throw them in wheelbarrows or giant excavators, depending on, you know, what kind of, uh, what kind of uh, artillery you need to remove all the snow. And then they put it in dump trucks and then, you know, they, they wheel it out of there. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's like watching a bucket brigade, you know, put out a fire, except the exact opposite. <laughs> I don't know if they still do it
3: now, but they used to when I was a kid. They would just have piles of snow. Around the field, yeah. you know? I'll be on the lookout for that uh, (laughs) tomorrow as well. Hey, shortly after the show, our podcast will be going up. If you miss anything on today's show, be sure to check it out. Just search Fox Sports Radio wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to follow, rate, and review it. Again, just search Fox Sports Radio wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll see the show right after we get off the air. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. How about the potential shootout? of Super Wild Card Weekend. Rams-Lions. Huh? This game is in the 50s. There are a couple of games that are in the 50s. It's Packers, uh, Cowboys, and it's Rams-Lions in terms of the over-under, in terms of the total right there. I I come back to this. Do you trust Dan one eight hundred Gambler Campbell? Right, <laughs> that's what I'm branding it. Do you trust the guy in a spot like this when he's like, "Hey, let's go for two from our own seven after an offensive penalty that was garbage"? That's crazy. Hey, let's play Sam Laporta, who's questionable after a hyperextended knee last week. Like, do you trust that guy? And that team in a spot like this. My answer is, no, I don't. Now, just because you don't trust them doesn't mean they can't and won't win. It doesn't mean that. But it means I'm not backing them financially at the betting window. I can tell you that.
4: All right, everybody close your eyes, okay? Oh, I love this. Right, close your eyes. Make us visualize. All right, visualize this situation. You're about to go in for a back surgery, right? Ooh, and sh- okay, now I know it's God. a serious surgery, but maybe wow. it's not life-threatening. It's not life-threatening, okay. but they are operating on your spine. So you've been dealing <laughs> with hey, my, me, listen. you've been dealing with back pain for a while. Uh, you've been hesitant to go this route. All of a sudden, you decide, you know what? Uh, new year, new me. I'm going to get this back on track, and I'm, I'm going to get this back operated on. I got the MRI already done. And then as you're about to get the uh, the sleepy time gas, you find out that you have a first-time surgeon operating on your back. <laughs> You're going to be panicking, right? Look, this is Dan Campbell's first rattle out of the chute, man. Of course I don't trust him. I, I, I that, that would be the most uncomfortable uh, uh, pre-nap discussion I'd ever have. Hey, so by the way... Your surgeon's a great guy, and he's really built a great culture around this hospital, but this is his first back surgery. I'd be like, oh, no, 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 no. Wait, what? what's going on across the way? What's going on across the way? would you say? What's that? The guy the guy who's who's doing surgery, he's a young guy, right? But has he done it before? Oh, no, no, he's done it better than anybody else before in certain seasons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go with that guy. So, yeah, I got the Rams all day long.
5: mm yeah, again, this is we talked about this earlier. This is a tough feel. So let's talk through it and see if we can't find a little feel for or a little traction here in this game. I think it's fair to say that the Rams have caught a lot of breaks this season, right? Stafford's been healthy the whole year. He's had an unbelievable season. The offensive line has vastly exceeded any odds maker expectation. They've gone over their win total. The defense was supposed to be bottom five. They're overachieving. They find Puka Nakua in the mm. fifth round, and he like breaks every rookie receiving record known to man. Kyron Williams is like the most valuable running back in the league all of a sudden. Like Everything has gone right, but They've only beat one playoff team the whole year, basically. And that was Flacco's first game without Denzel Ward and Miles Garrett a few weeks ago, right? Their other uh, best data point is in a loss to the Ravens. So it's just, I, I don't know how to grade this Rams team. Like, they are vastly achieving, overachieving any expectation, but you can poke a little bit of holes there. Um, on the other side for the Lions, man. I think the most fascinating psychological matchup in this game is the Jared Goff, Sean McVay stuff. I'm hearing a lot of chatter this week. Oh, Nobody knows Jared Goff more than Sean McVay, which is fair. But what do you really know about a guy? You've watched him on tape for eight years. Like how much more could Sean possibly know and and what edge could McVay possibly have in this game? over golf, that, you know, isn't common knowledge already. So I just see a lot of back and forth where I'm hearing a lot of narratives on one side and then I'm trying to look into it and I'm like, does that really matter? Can I quantify this? And I think the answer is no. I I think the key is if if the Rams run the ball against the Lions, which, by the way, the Lions have like the number one rush defense efficiency in the league, if they can figure out a way to get Kyron Williams going and allow Stafford to go off play action, which is what he loves to do, that's where I see a lot of advantages for the Rams offense in this game. But on the other side, I could see Jared Goff and, you know, pushing the tempo and I'm on Ross St. Brown's really upset. He didn't make the Pro Bowl and the Rams got, you know, they struggle to stop the run. The lines have two good backs. So I, again, I'm kind of talking myself into a paper bag with this game. No, I think three is a fair number.
4: I like, I, like, I like everything you said except for one thing, yeah. and I'll be very quick here. You know, that, that one note you passed along about how much better can you know a player if you've coached them and you've mm. had them on your yeah. sideline. Like, I'll compare it to this. Like, like, as a parent, you know your kids, right? Yeah. Like, intuitively, there's something, there's a connection, and there is a father-son relationship that happens with coach and player. And it's weird, but and, it, and it, it has to be in person, but you can connect with somebody and see where their headspace is based on body language or facial expressions or frustration or whatever. And if Sean McVay is peeking across the sideline and he sees some of that with Jared Goff, he'll know what to do. And so there's a, li- there's a little bit of that intuition factor that's baked mm, into this equation. Fair. Hey, one
3: last little thing to keep in mind. The Rams have missed 16 combined field goals and extra points this
6: great. Oh, that is look, such a great
3: stat. Is huge. Oh. That that could be a big deal. Huge. And who do they have kicking? Brett Maher. <laughs> Who Cowboys. couldn't make oh, an extra no. point oh, for the boy. Cowboys In, ta- last uh, in Tampa, right?
5: That's yeah. right. Oh, my God. That's gosh. right. He missed, what, three of them in a row, I think? I think That's four. I think it was four or
3: five. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing was, he was running in to, to kick a field goal. They're like, no, just stay there. We're going for it on fourth down. <laughs> 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 All right, we've got Rich Ornberger, Penn State All-American. We've got Jared Smith, FSR betting analyst. I'm Brian No. Coming up next, time for some picks. And – do the guys like the new theme? Not Burrowhead, a Head. Huh? We'll find oh out if boy. there's a ring to that. Yeah. I, maybe. It is Fox Sports Radio's <laughs> Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM. Oh, he's trying. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM. Props to the crew. Our trusted producer, Bo Benson. Our technical producer, Chris Perfet. Looking for a... A huge Lions performance tomorrow. Also, Isaac lohman on the updates. Doing a sensational job. Top of the hour. Up on game. LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushman's out. Of, they have you more than covered for Super Wild Card Weekend. We got picks to make. Let's dive on in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Rapid fire.
3: All right, Jared, we'll start with you off of two straight three in a week. He is wow. on a heater over here, ladies
5: and gentlemen. Six straight wins. It can only go in one direction from here, right? Hey, um, And I said that two weeks ago. I said, I'm finishing the season above 500. Since then, six straight wins. That's how you call your shot, right? So I'll give you one pick for today. That's the play of the day. One for tomorrow, one for Monday. Let's start with tomorrow. And I'll take seven points with the Packers. And I know it's crazy, but I think this Green Bay team is just young enough to not realize how big of a stage that they are on. And I I like what I've seen from Jordan Love. And I do not trust Mike McCarthy laying a full touchdown in a big game. So I will take seven points with the pack. We're going to go first half under Eagles Bucks Monday night. This is 20 and a half. This number is continuing to sink. I bet this one now. I would not wait till Monday to bet this. Because all the news we're hearing with Jalen Hurts and, of course, A.J. Brown, I do think the first half under, very slow, run orientated game. Baker's banged up too. First half under 20 and a half, Eagles and Bucks, and the Packers plus seven on Saturday. Right.
4: I, I love it. I love all of it. It's super wildcard weekend. I, I love that they call it super because I'm going to move on from being 2 and 1 Rich, which I've been for the past two weeks, into 3 and 0 oh Rich. Here it goes. Wow. Okay. 3 and Rich 0. Here we go. Uh, Browns, they're favored two and a half on the road in Houston Joe Flacco's elite give me the Browns covering the points Rams they're getting spotted three points I take them on the money line but if you're gonna give me three free ones I'll take them too. Rams plus three and Casey at home I think they roll I think they roll Uh I'm sorry Brian though but your oh. Dolphins will falter. I got the Kansas City Chiefs favored by four and a half points.
3: Outrageous. Freaking outrageous right <laughs> Sorry. there. Okay, I'll go quick. I've got a two-leg parlay to start this off. Okay. Wow. I'm taking the Rams team total over nine and a half in the first half. Okay. And I'm taking Flacco to throw a pick. It's oh, plus man. 131. You're getting plus money on that. So that's my first pick. I will take Josh Allen, Bills quarterback, under 201 and a half. Lots of wind whipping around. And I'm going to take Cowboys running back Tony Pollard over 61 and a half rushing yards. I think they run it down the Packers' throats. Alright, let's do this.
6: This is the best play of the day.
3: It's
5: a touchdown! Get it to back. What is it, Jared? Browns minus two and a half. I'm wearing the, the the shirt here. It's the elf on the shelf. Come
3: on, oh, Cleveland. There we go. <laughs> Hey, everybody, enjoy Super Wild Card Weekend, and stay warm, would you?
1: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary. At Bet365, 21 plus only. Must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
0: I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast.